Welcome to Mosaic's Portable Talks podcast series, Listening to God, where I get to sit down with family, friends, and mentors, people who are in the thick of following Jesus and embodying His kingdom and justice in their own context. And I get to ask them about how they experience the presence of God and how they pray. At Mosaic, we believe Creator God, Jesus Christ, is present and speaking always and in many ways. Some of those ways may feel like absence and silence. And we also believe that Creator God, Jesus Christ, is always drawing us deeper into the mystery and reality of His presence. I hope the conversations in this series will deepen your confidence that it is possible for you to experience God and hear Him speak to you. I also hope they provoke you to explore new faithful experiences of prayer, and I hope they stoke your desire to draw near to God's presence in Jesus Christ, which, like a fire, can warm, give light, and transform that which it touches. In this conversation, my dear friends Jaden Leong and Anna Sviknushin talk about the different ways they pray. They give us some practical, step-by-step examples of the prayer practices that have helped them. And they also share some of the ways that prayer has helped them work through conflicts and challenging situations. So I'm here for part two of a conversation with my dear friends, Anna Sviknushin and Jaden Leong, who are living out in Calgary, Alberta right now. So guys, thanks for being with us again. So let's just jump on in. Um, I think last time we got to hear about some of your early experiences of God's presence and how God spoke to you when you were early on in um, kind of opening, like discovering God or being discovered by God and and, um, experiencing him. So uh, next question I have is who taught you to pray and, um, and what did they teach you? Oh, it's hard to say because before I became, like, I was actually exploring Christianity in my last year of high school because, like, my story goes back to, like, intervarsity summer camps. Um, And before I entered in my last year of high school, that was, like, my last time as a camper and kind of, like, my last, I felt like I was at this crossroads or at this decision node to say like okay I've been going to camp for like five six years and each time I'm like I leave camp and I feel very spiritually aware of Christ but then I go back into the world into the secular world and it's like yeah like God is awesome and then it slowly fades and then I come back to camp and I'm like before camp I'm always a little bit skeptical and then I go to camp again and it's awesome and so then I was like do I want like I don't get that kind of refill again and so I did I like would go to church and it felt very much like imposter syndrome and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing here and I'm not sure if this is for me but I wanted to pursue it so I actually kept I guess you'd call them prayer journals I like had a point where it's like I don't know how to pray um and I like would do what I thought people did which is like close my eyes and say a certain like set of words but then I'd always either fall asleep or get distracted by my own thoughts so I thought like why don't I write out my prayers to God although it within that year of like from that point on until the point where I think I really found faith halfway through university or first year university um I 
it became really mechanical of like it was just a list of thank yous and please help in xyz area in my like prayer journals it's quite interesting i have like like three journals worth of prayers from that season because i like i journal every day but it it felt like it got to a point where it was really dry at like my lowest point um and so i stopped actually but i think after that um the point of i guess you could say conversion for me where like it was quite clear the kind of like my aha moment of faith was um like actually freedom from that rigidity in the prayer journals and how i can communicate with god in in any way uh with my eyes open at any point throughout my day and my thoughts and in my verbal speech um and like praying through scripture so there wasn't ever like somebody who sat down I don't know. I felt like my there wasn't anybody who sat down and was like, "Here's how you pray, Anna." And I really like wish that that would have happened at camp or something like that because I heard other people pray, and I felt really nervous if I were to pray because like what if I don't say the right things? Am I supposed to always finish my like prayers like in your name? Like people are going to know that I'm not really Christian <laughs> or something like that. So that was actually, and it's like, I don't like put my, like, do I put my hands like this or hands? So I, I guess for podcast listeners, like, do you clap or clasp? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then, and then apart from that, I think what just happened was like InterVarsity Campus Fellowship, we would explore different forms of prayer and something happened I think I got a book about spiritual disciplines and then I read about like breath prayer and reading praying through the scriptures. Um and so I'd start to spend time just to like I'd like spend I'd have to like discipline myself and set timers of like I'd set a certain amount of time that I knew I'd be able to concentrate in and either pray through scripture or breath prayer um and then But there wasn't like really, you know, Marcy. Marcy actually like really encouraged me in this whole listening and like listening to when I pray with other people of like not being concerned about what I what I'm about to say, but rather listen to where God is leading my heart based on like what he is doing in the group. And so that that's like the most like the first person entity that comes to mind. Um Yeah. That actually gave you instruction. Wow. Wow, thank you. That's fascinating. Huh. What about you, Jaden? Who taught you to pray? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I related to a lot of what Anna said. I think cuz I'm, I'm kind of an anxious guy like I think the social anxiety about praying was was pretty strong starting out like yeah just worrying about like oh I'm going to say the right thing like what do I say um when do you start praying stuff like that um was just kind of nerve-wracking for me I think some of the first times I prayed were with you pastor Andrew uh and that was Oh, it was nice. Um 
Yeah. <laughs> so I had some of those kind of things, but um, I think just learning the way I learned to pray or was taught to pray was just, you know, just watching people, you know, just kind of imitating what they do, what they say. Um, and I felt like that's an okay way to start out. Um, it's just, you gotta learn somehow. And, um, I think also the church I started going to the F3C, just, um, you know, that each church kind of has a particular style of prayer and you, you notice people have almost personalities in prayer. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of, you know, pray in the same way as the pastors do or something like that. And I don't know, it wasn't really a, so I think someone directly, not like Jesus told his disciples, and this is how you pray. Um, not quite like that, but um, yeah, I think over just overall watching mm-hmm. and learning from people. Mm-hmm. And for for people who might be in a similar situation to you guys where they're feeling that anxiety, um, I would love to learn to pray more. Um, and, and have that anxiety about maybe doing it wrong or something like that. Are there words of encouragement or direction that you would offer to them based on your own experiences? Um, I think it would just be encouragement to be like, don't worry about it. Uh, I think that the, the overarching point is God is very gracious and he loves when you pray, even if you say silly things, even if you forget what to say. Um, I think he just rejoices in the fact that you're trying it all. So, um, it's no, no real sweat. And I think maybe it's just like practically it's, it's okay to ask people if you're unsure, if you feel anxious and be like, Hey, so what do, what do I do? I have to say amen at the end of every prayer. Um, I don't know. You just ask people, um, people love talk, like sharing with those things, I think. So, it's something I wish I would have done, but I, looking back, I don't know if I would have had the courage to, so it's okay to just, you know. I think that, like, the one thing that was also helpful in when my prayer life was really enriched was setting, um... It's interesting because I did have, like, a pretty rigid routine when I was exploring faith, and it really didn't work for me, and it was actually detrimental, and it felt legalistic, and I'd feel guilty when I wouldn't like write in my prayer journal um but then after I had kind of that moment of release and freedom of like God accepts me as who where I'm at and like meets me there um and then I actually went back to like kind of a regiment where and, and it ended up being really helpful and it I started out like I wouldn't I think it's so important for prayer to be a habit and not a, and it's like a marathon, not a sprint. And when you're training for a marathon, or you're not gonna run the how many is it how many like twenty I mean forty two kilometers. You're not gonna run. You're you're not gonna like run that right away, and you start but and you take like if you've never even ran a 5k race before you're not gonna start right away with running a 5k race um and like expect to be running a marathon in the next month like it's a long 
process and it's also some like sometimes we're not intended to be marathon runners because there are people with the gift of with the gift of intercession um, who can like God's spirit enables them to pray for hours on end um, but simply like I don't know I just sorry to maybe a bit more concise um, I think I started as little as like five minutes I'd like set a timer on my phone and like that's all I could really concentrate on and then it'd slowly progress and then listening to sermons and such um, I just like came apart, came upon these like words of advice from different preachers and the books that I was reading at the time and um, having a structure to be able to go through. And I think actually the most helpful structure in prayer is the Lord's Prayer. Um, and that kind of blew my mind of like, oh, this is literally how Jesus taught us how to pray. Um and like this isn't just a series of words, but this is a beautiful structure that flows and talks about like interceding for our communities, inviting God into our communities and then into our personal lives. And it opens up with like praising the Lord and confessing our need for him. And so if you like for anybody wanting to develop a practice of prayer that is that feels like, but don't you don't know where to start, I would start with just like a three to five minute timer and having the Lord's Prayer open, or if you have it memorized, just think about the structure and think about what the words mean to you. And when you open up with like, hallowed be thy name, you think of all, like reflect and meditate on all the ways that the Lord is holy and like set apart. And then you go through each line and like, what, where do you need daily bread? What kind of bread do you need? Where do the people you love need daily bread? Um, I think that was actually some of the most helpful, that was a really helpful thing to kind of get into learning how to pray. Wow. Wow, thank you. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was in a chat with some guys a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Lord's Prayer and um, and, uh, was, there's a book I was reading from the fourth or fifth century where a monk breaks down the Lord's prayer in just that way. Right. He's like, this is the line and this is what it means. Like, this is how you pray according to that line. And it's like, man, for like thousands of years, that's like, people have been learning how to pray just in just the way that you just described. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. So, um, were there times in your life where you guys thought that you were hearing God and realized that you were wrong? Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, one story comes to mind. Um, so I... This was, was a new, new believer. I'd just been like baptized a few months prior. Um, and um, so I've been like experimenting and just um, kind of developing, listening to God and like actually having God speak to me more directly. So I had, 
leading up to this, I had some experiences where um, felt like God spoke to me kind of directly, giving me a word. Um, and so, yeah, like that kind of st- set the stage for where I, I was deceived. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so that, that's kind of how it works. Sometimes God just, just speaks to me um, when I pray or just when I'm, I don't know, kind of just speaks to me. It's not much to it. Um, but yeah, so this time I heard a voice that was coming from the same kind of, I don't know how to describe it other than that they, they come, like the voice comes with a pretense of who they are. And so the voice comes from with the pretense that, you know, they're claiming to be God. You know, they're, they're speaking from the position of God. And it's unfortunate because at the time I didn't realize that a lot of, a lot of voices do that, speak from the position of God. And so what happened was that this voice was telling me to refrain from things like reading books. So I was reading spiritual books and one of the spiritual books was, um, a lot about, um, simplicity and humility. Um, and so I think it was partly inspired because I was reading that book and, um, and so then the voice was like, you need to be more kind of simple and humble and focused on the Lord. And so that's, and it like encouraged me to stop reading, like take a fast from reading these spiritual books and stuff that I was reading. Because I think the, the voice was saying that I was too caught up in kind of intellectual pursuits to to be with the Lord. And um, which, depending on your context, could be okay, I guess. Um, so that happened and I did that. And then eventually the voice, like later on, it was kind of like a maybe over the course of a few days, maybe even a week territory that it started progressively asking for me to like fast for more and more things um and then one one of them was actually like fast from reading the bible um and then that that i guess obviously that's alarm bells right there um and and also the stuff like fast from listening to music things like that so it'd be in silence more often it became like very restrictive over that week um and then i started getting concerned about the bible and it was like hey that doesn't sound right <laughs> um so i'm glad for that and uh i had to reach out to reach out to my pastor and we talked uh, and he's able to guide me and i think started to teach me the basics at least the, the basic foundation for discernment of spirits um, where, um, you know, a kind of basic set of things where, you know, is what you're hearing corresponding to God in the Bible? Um, are you praying about just praying for help and discerning, like, um, God, is this your voice? Um, I don't think any of which I was kind of doing. Um, so, I think that really cleared it up and uh, it was clear right away 
to him though and and to me after that it was like oh this is this is not legit um so that was hard and that was that was difficult because it it uh threw a lot of confusion i think also about my gift uh the gift of hearing god's voice because um you being able to doubt whether God, I began to doubt whether God speaks to me at all, <laughs> um, and whether I'm just making things up. Uh, yeah, and I became a lot more, I think, fearful, fearful of hearing my wrong voices and being deceived. So it's taken me a while, I think, and still working on it to both be in, and over time is a. I feel both encouraged that God still speaks to me and, um, um, but have to learn to be, uh, discerning about that. And it's actually a much longer process than, than I would have thought. And I think oftentimes when I was young and heard a voice from God, I always always felt like Mm -hmm. pressure as well to, to obey it right away. You know, I hear so many stories in the Bible of, like, mm-hmm. people not questioning God, um, you know? <laughs> and I didn't want to, not, you know, not be yeah, able to speak. Yeah, nine months of forced silence would not be enjoyable. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think, but I think there's a lot of pressure sometimes mm-hmm. if you if you hear the word, word mm-hmm. of God that it, it's kind of like a very concrete thing. And it has to happen that way, and um, and it's and that's a very tough mindset to be in because you can easily be deceived. And I, I've learned over time that God is very happy for for me to to say, mm-hmm. okay, like even if I hear it and I think mm-hmm. it's him, it would be like, okay, is that really you? And then go and take some time and check on it. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I definitely learned from that. Well, still and still trying to put into practice is, you know, the people that aren't okay with uh, you questioning their voice and and confirming yeah. their voice are the that's, people that that's uh, true. you don't want to listen that's to. That's true so in people relationships as well as spiritual yeah, relationships. That's, that's that. Yeah, definitely. But I had a lot of experiences like that too over time, like Pastor Andrew. You experienced one one of those. I had a vision where I like spoke to people who had passed away, and that was kind yeah. of a deceiving one, also. Um, so yeah, I think also yeah, one of the last things I learned is it's always important to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, talk to people about your experiences because even and especially if people have the gift of discernment, but even if they don't, like people. Like if, if I would have been talking mm. to more people, I think about the first story where I was deceived and I think people would have known right away, like, mm. Hey, that, that doesn't mm. seem right. You know? So. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's, that's a great point. I think that, I think you're right about, I mean, how beautiful when people do have a gift of discernment where they can just tell automatically what the source is and, and where it's going and all that. But, but anybody that's following Jesus and is, um, growing in wisdom from from God's spirit, um, yeah, like you said, like there's there's just wisdom about that, right? It's like, hey, you know, 
And that wisdom grows the more that we walk with Jesus. All right. So we're going to keep going for a bit. Um, Anna, do you want anything you wanted to jump in on, on that side of things? You don't have to, uh, but you can. You know. Yeah, I don't really have anything like concrete as Jaden. The only, uh, like I think of times, my sort of thing is not like, it's less about, normally I, it's not about like, oh, I was convinced that God was telling me so or like I thought God was telling me something and was like running with it and realized it was more like I was imposing what I think God should be saying to me based on my understanding and think like orienting my behavior that way and then realizing like "Mm." so like I guess one thing like Jaden and I are, are planning on getting married um this summer we checked it's three months and 17 three months and 16 days at this point so i have an excel spreadsheet that automatically calculates a few input anyways so but we were thinking like it's been quite a journey for us to discern when and there was a time where like and you've been a part of like our conversations and really have been helping mediate kind of like our differing perspectives because I had always felt like, I guess since September 2020, like a, like, kind of like a no-brainer of like, we should totally get married, of, like we're ready. Um, and then wanting to, there, like the subsequent months, it was a lot of work on trying to relinquish that and to let go of like, this desire to be married and to understand like where Jaden is at, um, because like because we're different people and we ha- like are we have different capacities for different things and I really thought that it was like my duty and what God would want for me to, um, like I'd actually pressure myself really hard to not bring up the topic, um, and I'd be really disappointed in myself if I was thinking about it and if I even brought it up to Jaden in a conversation and I'd be so frustrated it was like Anna stop talking about getting married like it's clear that you're not getting married um and like that and then I realized like Jaden one time it wasn't really a helpful question at the moment because we still weren't like we weren't on board for like a 2021 wedding but he was like Anna like is that from God that like is God asking you to like let go and kind of like deny yourself in this area of wanting marriage and then I was like actually no like I don't I haven't ever received in prayer of like that I need to do this but I just felt like it was the right thing to do from my understanding of like sacrificial love um when at the end of the day like getting married is well like Jaden I feel really like excited now at this point um and that like we really trust that God has intended for our relationship to, like, for us to enter into this new phase of our lives at a particular moment, especially when Jaden, like, has to move back to Vancouver for a seminary. And so we we trust that there is purpose behind, like, there's going to be a way where we are able to support one another in this new season that um, where the marriage is actually going to be a very deep blessing so, 
I don't know. And so that that happened when we actually did stop <laughs> and prayed and asked. Um, but for me, there was that was that's like the other time. Other times that that happened, I like was reading scripture and I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if God is calling me to drop out of school and, um, like tour around playing banjo, something like that. Yeah, and I was like, well, probably like. I don't know. I don't think that was really God. But I was thinking about it. And I was like, well, don't conform to the pattern of this world, Anna. <laughs> I was like, mm, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I find that so tricky when, when people are in that space because you're like, because that kind of thing, right? So you quote a scripture, right? Don't conform to the pattern of this world. And then it's like, well, the pattern of this world is that people like go to school and they get a job and they get rich and it's so like stable and self-sufficient. So obviously the thing that's faithful is to go and tour like, with a band and play banjo because that's just like, you're you're resisting all of the patterns yeah. of this world, right? And you're like, I don't know. Or not. <laughs> so I don't really, I know, right? I'm like, mm. There's a bit more depth to that scripture, but it feels so deep, right? When you're in the experience, ugh. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of that's more of like I don't have the similar. I definitely have impressions of like where God's spirit is leading. Don't receive words like Jaden does, but do have that like it's not pertaining to your question in like this form of it, but similar. No, I appreciate that. Actually, it's it's really. I think that's totally getting to the heart of the question, right? Because I think that each of us, um, well, I mean, it is not in our control how the creator speaks to us, right? And so, um, and yet I am convinced that the creator is speaking. <laughs> and so it's like, so for each of us, it's like, well, how does that work for you? And what happens when you get it wrong, right? And so I, I feel like you really shone a light and I don't, on an experience I think a lot of people identify with and myself included for sure. So, um, uh, I think we're going to just skip down maybe to this question. Like what, what prayer practices are finding, are you finding helpful right now? So you, you both kind of, well, Annie, you gave us a beautiful picture of kind of your early, uh, kind of early steps of prayer. Um, what's, what do you find helpful right now? Um, I don't, I actually, mm, I'm frustrated to acknowledge the fact of my, like, temporal experience influences my ability to pray, uh, and so maybe in more concrete language, like, I find it harder to pray in a distracting environment, (laughs) um, than it is when I have my own space. So when I was living away, at any time when I live away from my parents, like my prayer life flourishes. Like it's really easy to spend in like like 20 minutes plus or like to the point where I would just like, I wouldn't even need to set a timer. And it's like, oh, like half an hour has gone by. Like I feel so ready to start my day. And that's totally not my experience at home. And I, I don't know why. Uh, I can't really pinpoint and it frustrates me it frustrates me a lot of like why is it why don't I feel like why can't I concentrate as much and I think it's like because people can't like 
I love sitting downstairs and sitting. That's why I wake up so early. So like I wake up, I try to wake up before everybody else wakes up, but then that doesn't always work. So as I had to like, had to move back because of COVID stuff, um, my parents' home, I found it very helpful. I am, I was like, there, there are quite a few things that are stressful right now. Um, and I find it sometimes hard to concentrate. And so my work provide, I don't know, I heard, okay, I won't get too deep into it. My work does not provide this app, but I was inspired by the, um, I heard from like the church that I'm attending in Calgary. Someone did a talk on mental health and they just threw out like this app, this, like it's like a Christian meditation app. And I was like, what is this? And so one night, um, it's called Abide. And so it has, it does have like a subscription, um, but I think it's affordable. Well, it depends where you're at with like what you would like to spend money on. But particularly in like this time of being back home, I found that just, it's, it does like mixture of Lectio Divina, because it's hard to do Lectio Divina, which is for those who are unfamiliar with it, um, it like listening to scripture being read and being attentive and present in the scripture and looking out for something that is highlighted in the passage as opposed to doing a study. Um, it's kind of nice to have like somebody read through and repeat instead of like, if I would try to listen to the Bible app and be like, oops, reverse, reverse, like however long. And it, it really, I don't know, that's actually been helpful as I find myself back in a distracting environment. And Jane, what about you? Yeah, um, I think what's most helpful for me over time, I guess I've realized this structure, structure is good for some things, but I think overall doesn't necessarily work for me because I'm very, I like to do things, you know, like in a clear cut kind of right way that's my personality um it's the way I like to approach things and so I think oftentimes it can lead to you know frustration kind of wanting to get down on myself if I don't get meet that expectation you know if I said like I'm gonna pray 30 minutes every day something like that um then and uh and then also if I do it sometimes it just becomes more about you know attaining the goal, like, you know, did I pray for that long? And it takes away the focus from, from God. And so I think what's helpful for me, um, I, I kind of, I do have a set apart time in the evenings. I think that's, that's important to just make sure that something happens. Um, and I think the prayer practice that I've been using it's kind of free form. I like to just um, think and uh, and try and speak to God. Um, I think it's kind of as free from structure as possible because it tries to help me be authentic as possible. I find that like it it helps me to actually focus on God. I find that most times in prayer, I'm focused more on the words that I'm going to say 
with the things that I'm thinking or what God's going to think of what I say than actually focused on God. And it's a weird thing to admit, but it seems like only maybe like two in, two in ten times I'm actually like kind of focused on God. So that's just anything that could help me like legitimately focus on God. Um, so that's what I do. Oftentimes I have a whiteboard. I find that very helpful because I just sketch kind of ideas and then I ask God questions. I write them down. I uh, ask for him to speak to me. Uh, that's one the whiteboard I like a lot. Another one I like to just go by a quiet space. Like I like to go into, you know, you know, sit by the river where it's quiet and there's not a lot of people around away from your setting and you just kind of have a conversation. You just listen. So really, I, I guess I try and focus on that relationship. Um, and I think one of the things that helps me a lot in terms of focusing on God is actually just visualizing God or, or looking to see God. Um, maybe I'm a very visual person. Um, but I think that's that's helpful when I... I'm not sure if it's in my imagination or if it's a spiritual reality sometimes, but you see, uh, I just... An image will form in my mind of what God would be doing or where God is. And I remember for a long time, I was feeling quite stressed in my life and as a new Christian and I'd always picture God and it would always be in this very sheltered cave um, and I have this image of God just being towering and very it was a very peaceful image and it's like you know those ca caverns where there's rain like there's a rain wall on the outside and so it's a secluded place a very peaceful and I would see God there so that's one way that I think maybe people listening to try out of like yeah it's really like and i think it, it feels a lot more visceral because sometimes it's like oh i'm saying words but what god is really doing is hugging me right now or something like that and you're like oh that that's much more uh real i think then yeah so that, that that's a helpful one for me yeah Guys, thanks so much. I've got a violinist practicing in another room now, so I know we're getting close to the end of our time. So thank you so much for your generosity today. Um, I, I mean, I love you guys a lot, and I'm just so thankful for, for you and for the way that God loves you and the way that you guys are loving God, and it's great. So um, hope you have a great day, and I'm looking forward to hopefully, if COVID allows, uh, in there to celebrate your guys' wedding with you. Hey, that would be fun. <laughs> so, peace to you both, eh? Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. We'll see you later.